Well, hey there, my friends, and welcome to the Living in Hope podcast, where we share stories and experiences from other folks and dive into the subject of hope. I'm your host, Josie, and today I'm excited to share a conversation between two friends who met in the mission field. John Getzinger, one of our podcast team interviewers, chats with his friendship from somewhere in East Asia, thanks to modern technology. They unpack some issues we all face, like conflict with other people, what to do when life is hard and we don't have all the answers. Chip talks about getting real and being honest with God. His unique experiences in the mission field cast a broader understanding of what to do with the heaviness of life situations and what the Bible has to say about our emotions and what to do with them. I'm challenged and encouraged at the same time by this conversation, and I know you will be too. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stories of Hope podcast here. I'm your host, John Getzinger, and I'm here with a really good friend of mine. Uh, His name's Chip. And for just some purposes of, of kind of the work that he does and, and, and where he's living and things like that, we're going to just call him Chip. And uh, we are, uh, we're going to kind of just be real broad and kind of what we're, we're talking about as far as, as where he's located. Um, it, but uh, you guys are going to just, I have a really good feeling that you guys are going to love what he has to say and, and hearing from him. Um, Chip lives in Southeast Asia with his beautiful family. Um, he works in a unique mission field. Chip, um, he was a uh, boots on the ground missionary um, with me in uh, Sumatra. Kathy and I, I mean, I wasn't doing the missionary work, but he was, and that's where I met him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let him uh, kind of introduce himself, and then we'll uh, we'll get into some things here. So Chip, welcome. Thanks for being here, and I was hopeful that you could uh, share a little bit about what's going on. Hey, John. Um, first, I just want to say it's great. It's really great to just see your face. I know that the uh, your listeners can't see your face. It's, you're a good looking man. It's great to see you again. It's been a long time. And uh, I, I uh, even just when you introduced um, me and the family, remembering those times that we had together in Sumatra, uh, just it's fun to be able to reconnect with you. Um, yeah. So my, my name is Chip. My, my wife, Mel, and I live in Southeast Asia. We have four kids, one of whom we just sent off to college in the U.S. So our family is uh, adjusting, as many families have, uh, to having a child away in school. And um, the rest, the, th- the other three are here going to an international school. Melanie is a teacher. Uh, that's how you guys, actually, that's probably how we met, is that Mel and you and Kathy were teaching together at the school in Sumatra and she continues to teach now in a different school, in a different place. And uh, yeah, so we're just grateful, grateful to be friends of yours and grateful to be here on the podcast with you. Well, we are super grateful, Kathy and I, uh, to be friends with you guys. And um, just a little bit, kind of a background, um, you know, Chip, one of my favorite things about Chip is uh, he he is kind of like a, he's like a Swiss army knife. Like that guy, he can do anything you ask him to do. He's up for it. He's ready to go. Um, he speaks all these different languages. He, um, he's just, it was a huge help to us. He wants to play sports. He wants to watch uh, sports, which was huge for me. Um, but just a couple things, um, about kind of how we came to, 
to know you guys is, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mel, uh, your, your beautiful wife was, uh, the music teacher at our school and she's amazing music teacher and drama and put on the plays and did all those things. And our school was pretty small. Um, and so, you know, you kind of get to know everybody. It's not like necessarily, you know, schools back here where there's a lot of, a lot of staff. I think there was like 12 of us total. And so, um, so we got to know Mel and, uh, you know, we got to know you through your kids. I had, uh, one, I had your son that's in college now, um, as a, as a student of mine back when he was in third grade and fourth grade. And, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's been a long time that makes me old. Number one, uh, that he's in college now, but, um, but anyway, uh, we kind of knew you through the, the, uh, the sporting things that the kids did after school and just the activities. Cause everybody's kind of interconnected there. Um, and you just had such a, um, you were just so positive. And that's one of the things that, that I really, you know, first was drawn to you with is just your positivity. Um, and one of the things that really, uh, kind of got us connected with you is that you kept inviting us to church. Um, there was an international church there and you were a part of it. And, you know, the first year we were there, we did uh, kind of a home church with another couple. Um, and then they moved on. Uh, they went, they came back to the States and we, we kind of tried to do some stuff on our own. Um, but you kept coming back and saying, Hey, you need to, you know, you should come to church on Sunday. And church wasn't, uh, on the camp there where we were living. It was kind of off in the city. And that was kind of a big deal for us because the first year we didn't venture out too much. Um, but you know, we've said, well, you know, if Chip can do it, we could probably do it. And so, um, <laughs> so that, anybody can do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it. like, I feel it's like that's bar. okay. It's a low bar. Yeah. yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, he's made it work for this long, so we'll, we'll just yeah. go with it. So we went and honestly, it was, it was, it really was a key to our just kind of getting out and, and expanding our horizons. And, and a lot of the things that we ended up doing there and experiencing there was a direct result of you inviting us to church. Um, and so, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for that. Um, and so, uh, maybe just tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of that church there. Um, like it, it was a really unique experience, but, uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> well, I, I mean, when go ahead. Yeah. Well, when your church, when your church, uh, it's international church and in a, I guess it's not a small city, but there were not very many, um, uh, what expats in, in the city, mm-hmm. um, and so, and so, you know, we had, you know, it's like a church of eight people. So, you know, John and Kathy, we love you guys and all, but we would have invited anybody to come. It wasn't, it wasn't that there was some, you know, it turns out you guys ended up being, being great and we were happy to know you, but, but yeah, it was, it was a great church. Um, you know, I, I remember, uh, there was a, because of the internationalness of it, because of the fact that there were people there from, from a lot of different countries, um, there was an aspect of worshiping there that felt like heaven will be one day, you know, where every tribe and tongue and nation will be worshiping before the throne. We didn't have every tribe or even close to that many, but we, we had a lot of different languages represented a lot of different, you know, shades of, of skin color and, and cultural backgrounds. And so that was, ah, it's, it's one of the cool things about living overseas. Uh, So that was a really special church. I, I agree. And that, you know, that's, that's one of the things we talked about. It's like, you know, you, you get a glimpse of what you think heaven will be like in the sense of people from all nations and all places, uh, coming together. And it was really cool. It was a really unique experience. 
Um, one of the other stories, um, I promise we're going to get to good stuff here uh, about you know <laughs> biblical truths and things like that. But um, you know, uh, one of the things that that I also remember about you is we took this trip to Padang. Am I saying it right? Is that yep? Okay, yep. Because you're you're the guy. There was a, there was an earthquake there while we were while we were overseas, and it was a pretty devastating earthquake. And and uh, one of the things that that uh, we did is that we reached out to the schools. Um, there was another couple that that was a Stanwood school district couple, um, that was, um, that was over there. And we reached out to the schools and, and asked to raise money. Cause a lot of these schools, uh, the kids, the, their, uh, their, their classrooms were destroyed. And so we reached out, raised some money. The people of this community did a great job of raising money. And then we worked with you to have desks and chairs, uh, built. And then we, uh, kind of went with the shipment over to uh, Padang, uh, which is along the the water there uh, in Sumatra, and um, we it was it was a great trip. Uh, it was very windy roads, um, some washouts, some things like that. In fact, I think some of the kids got sick a little bit, uh, probably on so. there. But but yeah, because I mean you know little little windy roads, but uh, it was an amazing experience. But when you got there, you know people were still living in you know, they were living outside. They were afraid to go into their homes and things like that. Um, so it was, it was a pretty unique experience and, uh, getting to go to those schools and, and help those students out. That was pretty awesome. But let's be honest, the real story here, uh, I'm kind of burying the lead here a little bit. Chip, <laughs> he, he took us to this place. It was this fish place and it was, it was really cool. There was like a pond where they had the fish and the kids got to put their poles in the water and, and catch the fish that they were going to cook. I mean, it was awesome. And as we're sitting there waiting for, for them to cook our fish, there was a package of beef jerky on, you know, like these little packages of beef jerky on the, uh, on the tables. And they were, you know, I mean, I, I assumed it was beef jerky because the clear package looked like beef jerky. And so chip opens one up and he's with a, another, um, gentleman who's a, a local there who's a friend of his and they start eating them and he goes here john try this and i said well what is it and chip just says don't worry about it just just go ahead and just go ahead and eat it and i said he goes i'll tell you later and i'm like oh okay and, and i mean i'll try anything once um so i start eating it and chip i don't know how you ate it with a straight face because when i tasted it it tasted like burnt dirt Right. I mean, and I don't know if you know what burnt dirt tastes like, and I don't know if I've ever had it before, but that's really what it tasted like um, to me anyway. And when I asked you, what did you tell me? What was it, Chip? Well, you know, I learned um, because we didn't we didn't live in the camp with you and Kathy. We lived out in the community and we ate a lot of funny things. Um, And I learned early on that the way to go is to try it before asking what it is. And if you like it, then keep eating it and then maybe ask what it is to be fair this thing that we ate it wasn't it wasn't delicious <laughs> it was uh it was lung it was it was lung now it was it was cow lung so it wasn't some kind of crazy animal lung a lot of local people would eat that and there's a lot of protein in there and and uh yeah oh. i would say burnt dirt is probably pretty accurate <laughs> yeah i mean like. it was you know well there was so it was kind of like i said it looked like beef jerky and it looked like there were like little hairs on it um, and I would say that this cow, whatever cow it was, I believe it was a smoker. 
because I feel like it had black lung or it had been in a coal mine. Maybe it had been in a coal yeah. mine. Well, there's a lot sure, of forest but... fires out that way. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> there were a lot of smoke there at times. A lot of secondhand smoke. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. May, no. I don't think we intended that to be hazing, but maybe there was a little bit of, <laughs> hey, you know, these guys haven't been out here very much. Let's have some fun with them. Yeah, no, it was yeah. good. No, that was a great experience. And actually, Chip, you and Mel are, um, you guys are great foodies. Actually, you know, and, and 99% of the time, everything you gave us was great. That might be the one time <laughs> that was that one it was time, bad. Yeah, yeah no, because you, you, Mel can cook um, and you guys always gave us good stuff, good local stuff. But that was the one time I was like, okay, you got me. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway, let's get down to business here. So, um, can you just kind of give me a brief synopsis of kind of what your job is right now? Cause it's a little different than, you know, what we traditionally think of as a missionary, you know, I mean, you're still a missionary, but it's, it's a little yeah. bit different. It is, it is. Uh, it, it, it brings a smile to my face when you said earlier boots on the ground, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I was, I was one of those guys. Now I'm, uh, I'm overseeing, I'm overseeing, um, work that is being done in several different countries in Southeast Asia. Uh, a, a lot of it is, you know, especially now with COVID, almost all of it, and well, maybe even all of it is done, you know, virtually through through Zoom calls. Generally, I would do quite a bit of traveling, which is why we moved to a new place, a place that our, our family could, could have a lot of support systems, and I would be able to be on the road. Usually, um, well, I mean, in the last, since COVID, I haven't traveled at all. Uh, but usually I'm away for about a week every month, um, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. And, and it's really amazing because I get to see people in different, in different contexts, in different areas, uh, bringing the good news of the gospel to the unreached. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my work does have to do with uh, helping people work their way through conflict, which can be challenging on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. Um I know that uh, there is something really special and powerful about conflict. Um, and so I, I try to go into it and, and I trust the Lord is always ready to do some great work, but sometimes that work is tough and it, and it hurts. Um, but uh, that's, yeah, that's part of my job. Um, but yeah, I, I get to, I, there's probably about 200 or so workers that, that are in the, in the region where I serve that I just feel like it's an honor to be able to, to serve them. Yeah, well, I'm 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 not privy to the how you necessarily got chosen for that job, but I would say that your personality and kind of just your thoughtfulness and the way you approach things um, is something that that they looked at and said, "Hey, this is somebody we want," you know, helping out other people. Um, and you've, you know, you've well, yeah, I can see I, that's that's a good thing for you. I'm sure there was a long list of people and I was somewhere down at the, everyone was like, are you crazy? I don't want that job. <laughs> hey, that's Chip. He'll do it. He'll do anything. You know? oh, gosh. And you know what? The best ability sometimes, Chip, is availability, right? There you go. And so there you, you go. were available. That's no, I'm right. sure that that is not the reason. But, um, you know, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but um, from our talks, uh, you've had to deal with some really difficult things. I mean, even before COVID, um, but I'm sure with COVID it's, it's probably made it even a little bit more difficult, but you, you kind of have to go in there, like you said, and, and deal with conflict amongst, um, people that are, that are working together. Like we all have conflict, right? Like we have conflict all the time. Um, 
but usually we, you know, we either have to work it out ourselves or in a lot of situations we can find a way to not have to work with the person that we have the conflict with or something like that. But I, I imagine in the uh, mission field that that's super hard to do. Cause like you said, you have 200 people that, that you're kind of working with, but it's a really small circle and you're kind of trying to do work where you have to interact with one another. You have to work together. And so uh, what are, what are some of the things that, or what are some of the ways that you approach those sorts of situations? I guess that's the right yeah. question to ask. Well, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, we've been back and forth, uh, to the U S a number of times over the last, you know, coming up on, on 18 years, I guess that we've been out on the field and there is a way. And I, I was, you know, I was, I was, it was true about me as well. You kind of think about missionaries as these kind of professional super Christians. And the truth of the matter is, uh, and and that's the nice thing about getting to know people like you, you and Kathy. Like you got to see us. We're we're regular old people, and we have our issues like everyone else. Um, and and your average missionary is 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 as an average person. They they love the Lord. Uh, there's a couple of unique things about the context, though. Just like you said, so they many of them, most of them, the ones that I work with, they would have they would have made some significant sacrifices and left things that they loved behind to go and pursue this call of God on their life. And, and they would have done that with other people who maybe they, maybe they didn't know before, maybe they did, but then they are creating this kind of community on the ground where their, their goal is really an impossible goal. The only way the gospel is going to find its way into the hearts of the unreached is, is by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of your, a lot of your things that you're hoping for out of your control. And when conflict arises, it's easy. It's, it's easy to feel just especially kind of uh, like you want, you want to die for this thing, whatever it is. Um, You feel like, Hey, you know, I've given up a lot for this. Um, But, but we are the body of Christ and and I think one of the one of the challenges is to think about like what does loving one another look like in a given a given conflict, for example. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we uh, how do we hold lightly those things that that really ought to be held lightly, and really hold strongly to those things that that are really more crucial uh, mm-hmm. in terms of our of our faith and our life. And I think it's true when you look at the Gospels, and when you certainly when you look at Jesus. Uh, unity in his body was a big, big deal. And so, um, listen, when I, when I go in as, as, uh, in some situation to try to mediate a, a conflict or try to encourage, um, you know, people to move back toward each other, uh, I bring my own, I bring my own issues and my own preferences and agendas into that as well. And so I think a lot of it is Lord have mercy on us, help us to hear your voice above all the others and move toward one another. Like you, like you move toward us. Yeah. I I think that's great. And I I imagine uh, that when you do that, you know, having somebody that can kind of mediate that stuff is, is really important to have somebody that can listen to both sides and kind of like sift through the, like you said, the, the stuff that's really important um, to their, to your faith and to, to holding to, to the truths of, uh, of, the Bible and of the Lord, 
but then also kind of letting go of some of the other stuff. And, you know, one of the other things that people don't have there as much is number one, other people to go to because it is such a small community. But then secondly, um, you know, just that, that distance, even if you want to talk to, you know, family members or other people about, you know, some of these things, time differences and, and internet connections and things like that are just, it's hard to come by. And so having somebody like you that can, and, and also somebody that, that actually knows what it's like to be doing what they're doing and, and having those uh, sorts of situations is, is pretty important, I imagine. Well, I, I, th- I think it is. I mean, I'm grateful um, for those who are in that role for me as I've made my way through and gosh, I did some really stupid things and, uh, and made some big mistakes along the way. So the, the grace, yeah, the, the grace uh, that's been extended to me, I, I think we just, uh, it, it's not that easy, is it, to decide what is not that important. And I think that's where these conflicts get particularly tricky is uh it's not it's not so easy to say well this thing matters more than this thing so let's um you know i think we really have to trust the lord to speak yeah i i, I think i think you're 100% right um one of the things um you know i read your your ministry update uh that that you and mel sent out and just kind of talked about what was going on and um you talked about what a difficult season this has been for you and for you know, your family through COVID, I mean, you guys are dealing with different, but the same protocols as what we're dealing with, um, here in the U S but, um, it, you know, it it affects you guys uh, obviously in its own unique way. Um, but through all that and, and, and trying to do your job and, and help the kids and, and Mel through all this, uh, you mentioned lamentations, the, the book of Lamentations, and and when I think of Lamentations, it's not necessarily like you know, it's kind of like, um, it's it's heavy, right? Yeah. And when yeah, you talk sure. about when you talk about Lamentations, that is you know that that tells me kind of where your heart mm. is or was, and um, but but you talk about how important it is to be willing to cry out to the Lord when things yes. are rough, and you know, and you have to deal with a lot of situations that are tough and you don't necessarily have all the answers. So maybe just speak to that a little bit, kind of like what you were, what you were talking about and kind of what you've learned through that. So just go ahead and speak to that if you don't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, it's fascinating to me and, and I know I'm not, you know, the oldest person that's, you know, old as, as old as some of your listeners and maybe I haven't been walking with the Lord as long, but, but I'm 47 and, and I feel like, in the last year and a half, God has revealed some things to me that, I, that were completely foreign to me. And, and because of those things, my relationship with him has deepened in a way that maybe as a 20 or 30 year old, you just wonder, like, do, you know, it's really great. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't get any better. And maybe that's fine. Like, I think this is but it's amazing how there's this depth of intimacy and, and sometimes leagues of depth that you're just totally unaware of. Um, and I feel like one of the pathways that God has used to, to bring me closer to him is through this idea of lament. And it's, it's not, it's, it certainly wasn't my choosing or, you know, I wasn't looking for it. Um, 
But I, I think again, one of the one of the gifts of working across cultures and being around people from different cultures is we learn the way other people do things. And in many cultures, um, lament is a pretty normal part of of their experience. But but growing up, you know, I I never thought if I was sad, I thought I shouldn't be, or if I was angry, I certainly thought I shouldn't be, and I would never be angry at God. Like that would be sinful maybe even. And I'm not sure anyone ever said that to me, but that's certainly the way it, it, it felt. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. If you look at the scriptures, if you look at the Psalms, I mean, there are things David cries out to God that are scandalous, you know? Yeah. Uh, there, there are times in the, in the book of Lamentations and some of the prophets in Isaiah and Jeremiah, there is some language there that you know, you read that as, as a person reading the Bible and you're like, whoa, I don't know what to do with that. I'll just, I'll just keep going, you know, I'll just keep reading. But I think as, as I experienced the, gosh, and, and everyone in the world would have been experiencing the, the sorrow and the grief and the heaviness of COVID and other things, you know, where we live. Um, I remember, uh, in January, at the end of January, I think that in the, one of the countries where we serve, uh, there had been over a hundred natural disasters just in the one month of January. And I just found myself crying out to God, like, like what, 99 natural disasters wasn't enough? Like COVID <laughs> wasn't enough? What, what is going on? Like people are dying. You know, like when you and I went to to that city we went to to visit people and saw them living in tents and really like wondering what are we what are we going to do for food how are we going to care for our family this was this was happening literally all over a, an entire country on top of the the virus that was just devastating um yeah. a whole country and then and then in my own life beginning to just be honest like there's a lot of things that that I don't, I'm not happy with right now. Um, and so usually my, my kind of go-to is to just, well, I ought to be happier. So I'll just try not to think about that stuff. And that really doesn't appear to be the pattern in scripture at all. Um, and, and that's why, you know, we have so many Psalms that are written where David or, or the Psalmist is just unloading their hearts. And it's not, I think sometimes we talk about catharsis, like you just got to get it off your chest. It's mm-hmm. not really that. It's, it's Lord, these things are really heavy, and I don't know what to do with them. So I'm, I'm offering them to you. Not, not that they're ours to offer him, but even my own heart in the middle of it. And I have found um, that when I am honest with what is really happening in my heart, that God meets me there. And it doesn't, you know, I haven't experienced some sort of genie magic where everything goes away. But what does happen is I realize that even in the sorrow, even in the midst of the pain, that the God of, of the universe is with me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I offer up my soul and my heart to him in that moment, I can experience his comfort in a way that maybe if I was really trying hard to not be sad or, or wishing things weren't the way they were, I would deny myself of that because it was kind of like I'm, I'm trying to be strong. I'm, I'm trying not to let it get to me. Um, and so I, I would say that, and certainly at the, at the time that I wrote that, that update, um, Melanie was away and had been away for, 
gosh, I think probably near nearing three months. And mm-hmm. so to have, you know, and then I love my kids. Gosh, I love my kids. They're amazing kids. But <laughs> and I think they, they love amazing. me, but we were testing. We were testing some of those uh some some of that love while she was away. So yeah. Um, I'm so thankful that there is an example, not just one. I mean, Lamentations is chapter after chapter, verse after verse of of the the language doesn't leave any room to wonder. What do you think he's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, you're right. And I, I, um, sorry if I jump in here, but you know, I, I, I kind of was along your way of thinking for a long time, and and really, you know, this whole COVID thing and going back to my job and, and doing kind of the stuff that I'm doing, um, having to deal with, and it's, it, it's, it's harder than it's ever been. And I, and I, you know, for the longest time, I'm like, Oh, you know, we'll just, it is, you know, it is what it is and everybody's having to deal with it and stuff like that. But just because other people have to deal with it and just because it's the way the world is, doesn't mean that you're not overwhelmed and you're not feeling those things. And, and being able to cry out to the Lord is not something that, you know, you said it so right. It's like, I feel like, you know, I'm supposed to be happy. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to be upset with God. I'm not supposed to, you know, like, like in the Psalms and especially in Lamentations, you know, they, they, they lay it out there and, and they are angry. They're mad. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but I never thought that that was something that, that I should be, you know, because you're supposed to be thankful for everything you have. And, and I am, but there's also things that I wish were better. And, and, um, you know, uh, you know, you say that you, you know, yes. th- that he meets you where you are and, and you're hundred percent right. Um, I imagine that when you're going through those things, it affects your relationships with family and friends and things like that. And, and, mm, and, mm. and I mean, it does for me anyway, I'm saying that from, don't mean to put words in your mouth, but it does for me. Um, I know that it, it makes my temper shorter. I know that it makes my frustration come out more quickly. Um, and and when I do take things to the Lord, and it's not an automatic thing where all of a sudden, like you said, everything's better, but it does, it gives me a place to put that and it gives me a place to have those discussions so that, I, it doesn't mean they've gone away, but it means that I've been able to clear my my head and my heart so that I can um, hopefully have a little better interactions with the people around me. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's what I find. I don't know if that's something that you find as well. Oh, oh, absolutely. And there's a couple things, um, I think that work against that work against us as believers. And, and, uh, you know, again, I think there's a, there's a sense as a missionary that you shouldn't be so rattled by these things. If you were more spiritual, if you, if you were closer to the Lord, then this stuff wouldn't, wouldn't get to you. Um, and so there's on top of the, of the heaviness of the situations that we find ourselves in, there's also this shame that we feel that really, I think that the sense of that shame, it, it makes us want to, to get away. And, and so we can actually get away from God. We can sort of push him away. And you know, that, that passage in the scripture in the very first book of the Bible in Genesis, that talks about how, Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were naked and unashamed. Well, they, they were completely open to God. They were completely vulnerable. He knew them completely, meaning that he would have known 
you know, their hearts and, and everything else. And I think we, we have not just put on clothes uh, in, in, mm-hmm. the, in a modern society, but we have put on a kind of, of protection, protect myself from pain, uh, protect myself from feeling, you know, emotions that I think are, are bad. And in doing that, we actually, we put some distance between us and the Lord. And, and I think, again, we have the example of scripture that, and we have Jesus's own pain. Like, why is it that when we see Jesus in the garden crying and, and, and agonizing that we, we still think, uh, or even when he turns the tables over in the temple, like I can mm-hmm. tell you right now that my sense is if, if I'd have done that, my mom would have said to me, uh, now, Chip, what, what do you think you could have done differently there? That wasn't, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not saying that, that I, I have license to do that, but I am saying that our Lord himself had these deep emotions yeah. Um, and yet I find shame and, and feelings mm-hmm. of, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Um, and, and what I'm learning and, and I'm, it's a process for the, yeah, yeah, it's a journey by any, by every measure, uh, that the more that I allow myself to bring that stuff to the Lord, the more I, I meet him, the more I sense his closeness, the more my relationship with him feels, uh, and not just feels, I think it, it's intimate. And because of that intimacy, it does affect how I interact with other people. I have a lot more room in my heart for people who maybe don't see things the way I do um, or who don't experience the, the same challenges because um, I've yeah. experienced his, his goodness to me. Yeah. It, you know, you brought up a, a really interesting thing. You were talking about Jesus when he was, you know, up there in the garden of Gethsemane and he was, um, he was, crying out, you know, he left the disciples like what, three times, two, twice, two times, three times. And yeah, he, yeah. he said it was the same prayer both times. And it was, he wanted to, to have, he didn't want to have to, to go sacrifice himself. Like he did not want to have to die on the cross. And he, you know, prayed those prayers knowing full well that it wasn't going to change. He knew what, what God's will was for him, but yet he still, cried out and he still, you know, had to release that to the Lord in order to, to be able to, to move on. So, you know, I thought that that was you yeah, know, I, interesting. I think, yeah. I mean, I think we've all experienced the reality of two things or more being true at the same time, you know, so, mm-hmm. so you've done this and now Melanie and I have done it with our son, sending him off to university. There is a kind of joy, um, of, you know, he's, He's moving on. He's he's taking these next steps, and even as we've seen him engage in life in college, we're we're so deeply grateful. But we also, even in the same moment, have a deep sense of loss and sorrow mm-hmm. that he's not here with us. Like we all miss yeah. him. We sit at the table, and there's that empty chair, and that feels like ah. Uh. So that that can be true about so many other things. Um, yeah, and I, I it doesn't have to be one or the other, or one at the expense of the other. We can. We can be angry, and we can also be completely committed to following um, his lead. Um, but that's that's not that's not uh, natural for me. That's taking some some effort to really believe and walk into. Yeah, I, I think that that's I think that that's a great way to put it. You know, two things can be true at once. That's one of the, something I sometimes when I'm having conversations with my kids or or things like that. That's that's a great you know statement kind of viewpoint is you know, things are not mutually exclusive, right? Like you can, Mm -hmm. you can have, you know, 
your heart broke, but yet you still know that you have to put your, your trust and faith in the Lord and, and that it, yes. you know, eventually it's all going to work out because ultimately it's, it's not what we do here on earth. You know, it's the, the goal is not, you know, to be happy here on earth the whole time, although we would like it to be, but that's not the way it always ends up. Um, it, it's, it's to, you know, see the Lord in heaven and know that everything will be, uh, we won't have any of these same sorts of issues once we get there. Yeah. And that's, that's sure. the goal. So, sure. um, anyway, so yeah, so dude, that's some solid, solid knowledge right there. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, what else, um, is there anything else you wanted to, to share with us? Is there anything that, that you, I mean, you know, your wife is back with you. And so, so, um, you know, she's, she's made it back from the States and from, from dropping off your son and, and, uh, were you able to see some of the, some, some of the things that you were struggling with, um, and crying out to the Lord, some of those things kind of subsided just a bit, at least in that aspect. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I joked all summer long and, and it was just, it's not a, I mean, it's so real. It was so true, but like, I don't know who misses Mel more, the kids or me, you know? So when, when mom comes home, suddenly there's somebody with a little less, uh, you know, <laughs> impatience, somebody with a, with a little more grace, you know, in the, in the space and, and, uh, you know, and not just that, I, I think it's true, isn't it? Like the old, the old, a truism that that absence makes the heart grow fonder and i mean i don't know that i ever thought that i needed that i would could be more fond of of mel i mean but for sure to see her at the airport um to to see her face and to be able to put my arms around her uh it feels like everything else sort of shrinks you know all the yeah, other things yeah. in the world <laughs> yeah and, no uh, I, yeah. And I i think there's a picture there i think you know god talks a lot about the the parallels between marriage between a man and a wife and Christ and the church. Um, anyway, I got to experience that uh, and it was sweet and is sweet. And yeah, I'm really grateful to be in the same city again with my, with my love. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that she's back and I'm sure the kids are glad that she's back. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that, I don't know, I don't know how much pizza you ate, but my guess is, you know, the, the food is, the food is better now, probably tastes better. I don't know. Potato but chips are a vegetable, aren't they? That's a potato. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I mean, that's... I, think, <laughs> I think they are, but, um, anyway, Hey Chip, I'm just so glad that you were uh, able to, we were able to connect because, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's uh, been a little bit of a struggle trying to get the, uh, technology to work and. <laughs> I mean, I'm hopeful that, that when we're done recording this, it'll, it'll all work out. Um, but, uh, I just, you know, I want you to know that, that, uh, I'm so thankful for what you and Mel and, and the kids do, uh, over there, um, you know, trying to get the gospel, uh, out to the, the unreached and allowing the Holy spirit to, to, to do his work. And, uh, I just, uh, I pray for you guys' safety and, uh, just know that we love you and, uh, we can't wait to see you guys again in person sometime. Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. It's so nice to see you, uh, face to face, even though it's a long way away. And, um, but it's, it's been a pleasure, John, truly. I, it's just been a lot of fun. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad I do have one more question for you and we end every, uh, podcast, uh, with this question. And the question is what, does hope mean to you right now? 
It's a great, it's a great question. Um, and I remember when I listened to, to, uh, to some of your other podcasts and you guys interviewed pastor Bill and he, he talked about the song, my hope is built on nothing less. And, and I would say for sure, that's gosh, there, there is no hope outside of Christ. You know, the Bible says that apart from him, we can do nothing. Um, one of the, one of the things that I'm finding myself, even as we talked about lament and other things in this call, one of the, one of the hopes that I have is that uh, I believe now more uh, that there is a sweeter and a richer intimacy that is available than whatever whatever any of you or whatever I might be feeling right now in the Lord. And so even as I've said, like I'm, I'm in my late 40s, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, and yet I'm discovering things that I formerly had no idea about. And as a result of those, my, my experience of what it means to be a follower, to be a child of God, is, is just changing you know, in, in ways I didn't know possible. And so I'm growing in my belief that that's going to be true when I'm 67, 77, 87, if the Lord would allow me to live that long. And, and I feel like, man, as, as great as things might be, or even, you know, and some of that might be connected. True, two things can be true. So things might be also really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is there is a sweetness in being a follower of Christ and, and being a child of God that is even sweeter. Now, of course, one day we'll experience it in, in, in all its glory in heaven. But I don't think we have to wait um, until then to know what it, to know, to have hope, to have hope in the Lord. Well said, my friend. Amen. So I just, uh, again, thanks for being here and uh, we'll talk soon. And and thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you next time on Stories of Hope. Take care. Thank you so much, John and Chip, for letting us listen in to this powerful conversation. Speaking for myself here, there is so much to think about and apply to my life in this one. Well, as we come to an end of another show, we want to remind you to spread the word Invite your friends into this podcast and share this episode. Be sure to subscribe on the platform you're listening to so you can get notifications when we post a new episode. Have a great week, y'all, and be filled with the hope that comes from Jesus alone, no matter the circumstances. See you right here in two weeks for our next episode.